Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So last time I had the opportunity to share, uh, I shared about the resurrection. We looked at the resurrection of Jesus and as I was getting ready to prepare my message for today I was thinking uh, there's still a, still a few more treasures, still a few more nuggets of gold that we can get from the topic or rather the truth, the truth of the resurrection. Amen. We looked at how important the resurrection is and how the gospel is not good news if we do not preach the resurrection. It's, it's, we, it's, it's not good news if we do not include the resurrection of Jesus. Alright? A message without the resurrection is no gospel at all. Alright? Paul makes it so beautifully clear in 1 Corinthians 15 and I want you to follow in your Bibles. Good to follow in your Bible because then you get to know your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please come speak to us. Speak to Emily or Philip, Rita or myself. And we will make sure you get a Bible because that is the number one way that we have relationship with God. God has spoken through His Word. And He will speak to you through His Word before He speaks in your ear. Before you will hear a voice in your ear, He will speak to you through His Word. Okay? So it's very important to have a Bible and to study the Bible. Eat the... I think, who was it that says, eat the Bible, eat the Word. It must become a part of us. The bread of life. Amen. So 1, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 is what we looked at last time, but just I'm just going to take a little bit out of there. It says, now brothers and sisters, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, and this is the, um, the inter New International Version that I'm reading from. And it says, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which, this is Paul speaking, uh, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. And then, this is important, by this gospel you are saved. Amen. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain or for nothing. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And Romans 1 verse 16, Romans 1 verse 16, Romans 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul is saying here that there is only one message. There is only one message in this world that has the power. The power. The ability. The ability. Ne? The power and the ability to save. 
to save someone and to give them eternal life. How many messages are there that give us eternal life? One. One message. Amen. All paths do not lead to heaven. <laughs> All paths do not lead to heaven. There is only one way. And what is His name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. Amen. Recently, in recent years, um, well, I can't actually say that nothing new is under the sun, but uh, a new uh, kind of false teaching has crept into the world and it's called um, universalism. Universalism. And this is technically what they believe, that we... There are many, many ways to get into heaven. Okay, so John 14 verse 6 says, uh, Jesus saith unto him, I, I, not Muhammad, I, not Buddha, I, Jesus. You name the other, other, other religions you can think of, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But by me. It is actually so funny. I went jogging on Thursday morning. And I actually met and spoke to a universalist Christian. Or they call themselves a Christian. But it's a universalist. And that, like I just said, is someone who believes that there is no hell. That everyone goes to heaven. And that all paths lead to God and to heaven. That sounds nice, eh? Mm -hmm. Sounds nice. And it's a, it's a very deceptive and dangerous teaching. Yeah, that's right. They say that it does not matter if you are a Hindu, a Buddhist, Islamic or Christian. As long as you have love and act in love to everyone around you. So it come back, comes back to doing things. Eh? Mm -hmm. Basically, you can go to heaven if you are a good person. Also, universalism is all about tolerating everyone and their beliefs. And they sacrifice the truth to do that. To be tolerant. To just be loving. If you're loving, you go to heaven. The biggest problem that came up for me um, in my conversation with this guy is that he said that, oh, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that he is the truth, the life, and the way. He said... Other people said that about Jesus. And he also said, Jesus doesn't, didn't really walk on the water. We shouldn't take the Bible so literally. And that's when the, the red lights started blinking for me. Because in the beginning of the conversation, he was very, love Jesus, yeah. yes, that's awesome. And I was agreeing with everything he said until this point. And I realized the moment when you, can, when you start believing that the Bible is not the Word of God. That the Bible is not the fully inspired truth. Then you can start changing scriptures and you can start taking out this. No, he didn't say that. He did yeah. say this. Yeah. Use this scripture for this reason. And you start twisting the truth. Cafeteria style. Say it again. Cafeteria style. Cafeteria style. <laughs> yeah, you take what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the temptation that the devil brings through this teaching. Universalism, did he really say? And I realized 
the one truth that can blow out the whole argument for someone that says that they are a universalist but they want to call themselves Christian. And that is simply the gospel. Simply the gospel. Yeah. I realize that the truth that can blow out the whole argument is that Jesus came, died, and rose again with a reason, with a purpose. And I would like to actually know what he would have said if I, because I left him with that. Yeah. I left him with that. I had to go. I had an appointment. I had to get home. But I left him with the, with the, with the thought and the question, why did Jesus die on the cross? If you call yourself a Christian, think about why did Jesus die on the cross? Yeah. And we know that it, it is to take care of our sin and to become one in spirit with man. No other religious figure did that. I left him with that thought. And I pray that the seed in that guy's heart will grow. And I know that I'm going to see him again because I, I run on that road many, uh, or usually every Thursday, but I'm getting into it now again anyway. Um, okay, so we just need to know the truth. We just need to know the truth. Know the gospel. Amen. The gospel. We don't have to be highly learned intellectual professors in, the, in universities. We, you didn't have to go to university to know the gospel. The gospel is simple. And it is the only message that has the power to save. That's important to remember. It's amazing. That is, the gospel is the only message that has the power to save people. Okay. Um, I'm getting hot here. Okay. Okay, because there is only one true gospel, I think it is really, really important that we get the message right. Because there is only one message that saves people, it is important that we get it right. Right? We cannot leave out any details. What is the gospel? The answer is simple. It's in verse 3, the verse 3 that we just read from uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Do you, does someone still have that open? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. But so, read loudly. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Mm. And? Does it end there? Go for four as well? And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Yeah. So what is the Gospel? <coughs> Anyone got an answer there? Except for Rita. <laughs> what is the Gospel? It's easy, guys. She just read it. Jesus died for our sins, yeah, and He rose from the dead. Amen. That's the gospel. And it's easy to remember, eh? And that simple message has the power to save someone. That's amazing. Alright. The gospel message that we share has the has a big influence on the focus of the believer in their life after conversion. So the, the gospel message that we share has a big influence on the type of relationship that they have with God after their conversion. 
and I'll explain that statement later on. But first, let's look at Acts 1. Acts 1. Handelinge 1, vers 1. If you haven't uh, listened, say again. Uh, uh, Acts 1, verse 1. If you haven't listened to the previous messages, uh, I encourage you to go on to SoundCloud. Type in soundcloud.com and there you can find all of Grace Life's teachings. All of the other campus pastors also post their teachings there. You'll have enough to listen to and to build yourself up and to really start walking in victory in this life. But we need to desire it. Amen. We need to have an expectancy that we will grow. We need to dig to find these nuggets. We have to spend time with Him. And an easy way to spend time is to listen to a message. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acts 1 verse 1. The former treatise I have made, O... This is... I am reading now from the King James, I think. The former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, th- he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And then verse 3, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, his passion refers to his death, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and seeking, uh, uh, sorry, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence, not many days later. So this is uh, the Apostle Luke, uh, the same guy that wrote the Gospel of Luke, he, he writes Acts. The book of Acts. You, it's a good idea if you want to read through uh, the, the gospel of Luke and then go straight to Acts. They kind of follow on each other because it's the same writer. But what stood out to me from this verse is that for 40 days, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus showed himself to hundreds of his disciples, proving undeniably that he truly is alive. If we look at verse 3 again. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Many infallible proofs. If something is infallible, it means it cannot fail or be proven otherwise. It cannot fail. Infallible. Unfailable. Cannot fail or be proven otherwise. It means the proof is dependable. It will always stand. It will always be true. Amen. And Jesus was explaining to them the mystery and the purpose of His coming, His death and resurrection, like He did to His disciples on the road to Emmaus after His resurrection. We read about that account in Luke 24 verse 25. Luke 24 verse 25. Luke 24 verse 25 says, He said to them, How foolish you are, this is Jesus, and how slow 
well, Jesus is not speaking to himself, he's speaking to his disciples. After his resurrection, he appears to his uh, two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know that story? Yeah. No? How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Okay. To suffer and enter his glory. That's referring to his death and resurrection. Amen. Jesus was explaining the gospel to them for 40 days after he rose from the dead. For 40 days. Guys, there is no true Christianity without the resurrection. Think about that. No Christianity without the resurrection. God confirms his word. We read in Mark uh, that after rebuking them for not believing that he was risen, and after giving them the great commission, he sent them off with these words. Mark 16. Mark 16. Oh, I skipped a, uh, a scripture. Go first to Acts 4 verse 33. Acts 4 verse 33. But keep your finger there at Mark 16 verse 19. Acts 4 verse 33 says, With great power, great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. That's very important. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Why was there great power? Why was there great power? And why was God's grace so powerfully at work in them all? Who can give me an answer? Must I read again? With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. So why was there great power? The Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit, yeah, but why? God's grace was with them in power, yes, but why? Preach the resurrection. Yes, because they preached the resurrection. Amen. Let me hear it. They preached the resurrection. That was why there was great power and why God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Because they preached the resurrection. They were testifying of that. Okay, Mark 16 verse 19 says, After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, He was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. And confirmed his word. The Lord worked with them. And confirmed his word. By the signs that accompanied it. So guys. If we preach the full gospel. God will confirm his message with power. That's a promise. If you preach the gospel to someone, if you testified of the resurrection of Jesus, God will confirm that message. He won't confirm it because of you and what you have done and how, how beautifully you have shared it. 
all of the good things that you have done to deserve it. God confirms His message. He confirms the message with power. Amen. Amen. That is why it's important that if you share the gospel with someone, pray for them. If you see that they're sitting in a wheelchair, pray for them. And if you've shared the gospel with that person, God will confirm His message. Amen. Okay. If we preach the full gospel, yeah, I just said that. We too need to put the necessary emphasis and importance on the resurrection. Okay? If the early apostles did it and if Jesus did it, we too need to focus on the resurrection. Why is that? Because the resurrection points or leads us to something. The resurrection points or leads us to something. And what do you think that is? Absolutely. That's a 100% answer. That Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still alive. Think about that. How awesome is that? We worship a living God. And if Jesus is still alive, it means He still has a will. He is still, still active. He is still active. After the resurrection came the outpouring of the Spirit of God in man. We recently celebrated the day of Pentecost. Um, so the day of Pentecost came after res- the resurrection. We read earlier that Jesus commanded them not to go out from Jerusalem until they have received the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised. To get to that point, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Jesus had to go back to the Father. Mm. Okay? For that to happen, He had to be resurrected first. Okay? You can't be resurrected if you didn't die. Okay? <laughs> so all of those things had to happen okay? to get to the point where the Spirit was poured out. You understand? It's illogical. You have to die, resurrect, and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit would not have been poured out if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. The coming of the Holy Spirit is the completion of the new creation. Have you ever heard of a new creation? What is that? 2 Corinthians 5.17 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, that verse would be a fantasy. It would be a lie. The gospel message that we share has a big influence on the focus of the believer in their life after conversion, like I said earlier. There has been a lack of focus on the resurrection of Jesus in the preaching of the gospel. When we share the gospel many times, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, um, but many times, uh, all we used to tell people is that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. Isn't that true? Is it just me or is it you too? I hope it's you too. Or maybe not. Rather not hope that. But that's just half a gospel. 
that's just half a gospel. You almost uh, only hear about the resurrection at funerals. No? Isn't that true? Since I came to Solaris Pass, there's been a few funerals. And I've noticed we actually preach on these verses about the resurrection only at funerals. And that I felt that was wrong. Right? We need to focus on the resurrection. A half a gospel is not a gospel or not a, a message of victory. It is not a message of life. It is not a message of power. Because of that, we get converts who spend all their time fighting sin, trying to overcome, cleaning themselves up, doing behavior modification, working for their salvation instead of working out their salvation. You get Christians who go through life with this fear of hell and they have no relationship with God because of that fear, because they are fearing um, the effects of their sin. They sin, they focus on that sin, and they're afraid they go to hell. Because all they heard was, Jesus died for your sin, and now they think they need to keep this up. Are you on the same page as I am now? Do you understand? Alright. Because that is how I lived. That is how I lived. I knew Jesus rose from the dead, but my focus was on the fact that uh, He only died for my sin. So my whole relationship with God was um, sin, I would sin, then I would repent, and my thinking of repentance was also not correct. Uh, To repent means to change the way you think. I thought that it was just turning away from your sin, stopping your sin. And then I tried to clean myself up as best as I could. I stay away from doing the wrong things for as long as I can. And then I feel holy again. Then I feel holy again. Then I feel like I can go to church again. I can pray again. I can read the Bible again. And then guess what? You just sin again. And you go through that same, same cycle all the time. All the time. And you fear hell. (laughs) Because when these things happened to me, when I was in this stage of my my walk in, in life, I was very afraid. If I sin, it was like, God, please, if I die now, don't let me die now because I'll go straight to hell. That was what I believed. And you, you are really afraid. To such a degree that you start making deals with God. It's like, God, I, if, you, if you forgive me one more time, I will never sin again. Huh? And I wonder what God was just thinking. I am a cunt. I reckon. Yes, klaar vergewe. Lang al. Selfs die sonde wat jy nog gaan doen is klaar vergewe. You, you have been cleansed once for all time. The truth regarding why he died for us is awesome. It really is. And it is a crucial part of the gospel. It is important to preach about the cross. Amen. It is very important. Um, If he did not take care of sin, we would not be able to have relationship with him. But the resurrection should be our finishing blow, the climax of our message. Because it focuses on his life and victory. And the implications, what it means for us, of that. It is our life and victory. 
The difference is doing life with Christ that is not still hanging on the cross. Doing life with Christ Jesus that is not still hanging on the cross, but doing life with a Jesus that is alive. Amen. Doing life with Jesus that is alive. I feel that that is a word for us today. Amen. That is a word for us today. Amen. I'm just getting to my spot again. I've lost my place now. <coughs> Don't stay at the cross. This is the word. <laughs> Don't stay at the cross. Move on to the resurrection and live with Him. Okay? Stop focusing on your sin. Stop focusing on... Even your wrong thoughts. Stop focusing on those things. And start focusing on relationship with Him. Focus on what He has done for you. Alright? Colossians 3, Colossians 3 verse 1. Colossians 3 verse 1. Ooh, I've got to speed up. I've got to speed up. Since you have been raised, Colossians 3 verse 1, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. I like how this translation puts it. The other translations say, if you have been risen, or if you have been raised to new life. This translation says, since you have been raised uh, to new life in Christ. No? Since. This means, it's already happened. No? It already happened. You have been raised to new life with Christ. It's a done deal. It's already true about you. Now, Paul goes on and he says, focus on that. Focus on that. Set your sights. Think about the realities of heaven. Shift your focus from yourself, me, my shortcomings, my sin, and focus on the realities of heaven. He mentions two of those awesome realities in this verse that I would like to explore. The first one is, we have died to the old life. We have died to the old life. And the second one is, we have been raised to new life. Died to the old life and raised in new life with Christ. But how does that work? Uh, that's what, that was the question that I asked myself this week. How does that work? How does that happen? Exactly. I don't know if it's a man thing, but we like to know how things work. Okay? We like to understand things, how things fit together. That's why you always see little boys taking things apart. No? They always break things. They want to see what's going on inside there. It's because they want to figure out how things function. How did we die with Christ? What does that mean? How do we live with Christ? What does that mean? Okay, so let's look at Romans 5 verse 12. I'm going a bit faster because I really want to finish this message in time and respect your time as well. 
So write down the scriptures. Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. For if by the trespass of one man, that's Adam, ne? the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18. Oh, sorry, I skipped a, ver a bunch of verses there, but I started in 12 and then I went to verse 17. Sorry. Uh, those who followed in their Bibles will now be confused, but now, now you know where I went. Okay, verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also the righteous act resulted in justification and life. For all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many, that's Jesus, will be made righteous. Righteous. So this portion of scripture is talking about three parties, three persons. It's talking about Adam, and it's talking about Jesus, and it's talking about us. Okay? Let's look at what it says about each of them. About Adam, it says that he sinned or he disobeyed, and through his sin, sin came into the world and affected the whole world. That's why the world looks like it looks today. Yeah. Right? This sin passed on to all people, and we call it the sinful nature. You must pay very closely attention now. This sin passed on to all people and we call it the sinful nature. It is sin that we inherited. Sin we inherited and every human being has it because of Adam. And that sin nature also causes us to sin, to do sinful things. Okay. The effect of sin is death. People like to argue and say, hey, but I didn't, I, my, my name's not Adam. Why do I get, die because of Adam's sin? Ne? The thing is, everyone sins. Ne? The spiritual death in Adam that was passed on to all of us is what causes this spiritual death and what causes sin in every one of us. And sadly, everyone gets it. Mm. It's a gift, oh, a gift that everyone gets. Like COVID. Yeah, everyone gets it, and that's a sad fact. But thankfully, Jesus. Amen. Thankfully, Jesus. About Jesus, it says that he did not sin; he obeyed in righteousness, and that made it possible for all people to become righteous. That's good news. That's good news. Jesus has made that all can with God. Amen. Just like the sin nature brings death, the righteous nature brings eternal life and life. 
eternal life and life and healing in this world. Okay? That's also very good news. Amen. But the thing is, not everyone gets that present. It has been extended to everyone. Extended to all humanity. To every people and every tongue, every tribe. It's been extended to them. But you have to take it. Amen. We have to take it. And the sad thing is that not everyone reaches out by faith, believing the gospel, and takes it. Whether they haven't heard the gospel or whether they have rejected it already. The gospel must be received. Um, the whole story is summed up in Romans 5 verse 21 again. He repeats it again in Romans 5 verse 21. It's the same book where we are, but just further down. Romans 5 verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing, right standing, righteousness with God, and resulting in eternal life, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay. So now we looked at where sin came from and how all human beings have a sin nature. No? And because we have a sin nature, we automatically live according to that nature. And we do sinful things. But sin nature causes spiritual death in us. The sinful things we do is just symptoms. You know what symptoms are? Yeah. Symptoms of the bigger problem it's like a flu ne? or COVID <laughs> your nose is runny your sinuses are blocked you have a sore throat your body hurts uh, you are coughing all those things are symptoms but it's not the sickness itself the sickness is COVID now in the same way this sinful nature on the inside is causing things to come forth it's like a tree as well ne? Uh, if it's a thorn bush, because it is a thorn bush, it's going to sprout thorns. No? And a, a good tree, an apple tree, is going to get apples. No? So it's because of its roots, what it is. All right. So I have a small illustration here. Very simple illustration. Let's imagine that this is us. This is you. This is all of humanity. Okay, and this is sin, the sinful nature. When Adam sinned, he got the sinful nature. Now he is a sinner, and he is born a sinner. David says, even from my mother's womb, I was a sinner. Okay, and that's how each and every one of us look when we get born into this world. We're sinners with the sin nature on the inside of us. Okay. Now let's go to Romans 6 verse 1. Romans 6 verse 1. Romans 6 verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism? There's an interesting word. 
when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined Him in His death. For, verse 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, we will also be raised to life as He was. We now... Sorry, we know, verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. Uh, we are sure of this because... Christ was raised from the dead, and He will never die again. Amen. Amen. Death no longer has any power over Him. Verse 10, when He died, He died once to break the power of sin. Once. But now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. Amen. Okay. Okay, so the first thing that we need to understand here is that this scripture is not talking about the physical act of baptism. It's not talking about that. Alright? It's using a picture. This, uh, the writer Paul here is, is creating a picture. Paul is using a picture here to explain something. The meaning of the word baptize is to immerse. To immerse. Okay, so let's imagine that this is Jesus, and then on the inside of Jesus is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, so Jesus. Okay. Um, the meaning of the word baptized is to immerse or submerge. The picture is that something is completely covered and placed in something else. The Hebrew names version of the Bible got this right. Instead of using the word baptism, it uses the word immersion. It creates that picture of going under the water. Yeah. You are completely covered. Alright? Like this little bottle is completely now in the big bottle. Mm -hmm. You see that? Eh? He is immersed, placed in. That is what Paul is saying by baptized into Christ. We have been put into Christ. Paul begins by making the statement in verse 2 that we died to sin. And then he explains his statement in verse 3. He says, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, in immersion, when we were placed into Christ, we joined him in his death. The Hebrew names version says, Or don't you know that all who were immersed into Messiah Yeshua, that's the Messiah Jesus, were immersed into his death. Paul is saying that uh, we join, we are joined with Jesus. We are one with him. Okay. Spiritually speaking, we are immersed into Jesus. We are one with him. And when he died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, let's say this is the ground and that's underground, he was placed into the grave, he died. 
we also died with him because we are inside of him. You see? When he died, we died. And then we can ask, but how does that work? I'm living thousands of years after Jesus. Okay? It's a spiritual reality. It is something we just need to believe. Something that's kind of a mystery. How we are one with him. Okay? We are one with him in spirit. But Paul actually explains what he means in verse 6. Verse 6 says, Romans uh, 6 verse 6 says, We know our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So you remember the, the stone in the small bottle? No? What did we say was that? Sin. It was sin. So when Christ died and we died with Him, that sin nature was removed. No? That is actually what He was speaking about when He says, we died with Christ. It was this sin nature uh, that Jesus removed. Okay. He took it out of us. We remember that we are made of spirit, soul, and body. Alright? Spirit and soul and body. Um, I'm aware of the time. Uh, I'm going as fast as we can. Okay, so it was a sinful nature that became a part of us when Adam sinned. And we inherited that and uh, died with Jesus on the cross. And Paul says that we die because the sin nature was part of our being. Okay. Now the awesome part is that sin nature can no longer exercise any power over us. It has no more influence over us. Because it's no more a part of us. No? And I want you to really hear that. The sin nature has no more influence on you. Okay. The old sin nature was crucified on the cross. It has been done away with. We are no longer under its bondage. We are free from the power and the control of the sin nature. We are free. Huh? Say that. We are free. Amen. Amen. What is awesome is, is that we did not... Sorry. What is awesome is that we did not just die with Him. But we also rose with Jesus from the dead. Amen. We also rose with Him from the dead. It says in verse 4, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. That's awesome. Now, we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, because that is true, because we are united with Him in His death, now we will also be raised to life as He was. Verse 8. And since we died with Christ, we know, we know, we will also live with Him. Verse 9. We are sure of this. And I like how he says it. We can be sure of this. Because Christ was raised from the dead. And He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If that didn't happen, amen. Thank you for that clap. <laughs> amen. It's not for me, it's for Jesus. <laughs> amen. When we believed the gospel, a spiritual resurrection took place. Think about that. You have been raised from the dead already. If you think, wow, it's awesome those people that are raised from the dead. I wish I could raise people from the dead. You have already been raised from the dead. You yourself. That's amazing. When you receive Jesus. Yeah. No, I'm, going, I'm getting to that. <laughs> he put His Spirit on the inside of you and He gave you life. The greatest miracle you have ever experienced happened in you. You were dead. And when you believed... What happened almost 2,000 years ago on the cross became true about you. When Jesus walked uh, out of that grave, you walked out of the grave. Amen. Amen. And because it happened in the Spirit, it will happen in this life as well. And we can be sure of that. Paul says in verse 9, because Jesus rose from the dead, we will be rose from the dead, risen from the dead. And like I said in my previous messages, that, that resurrection of Jesus is a proven historical fact. It's a proven historical fact. Alright, then, at the day of Pentecost, and when you believe, Jesus puts His Spirit on the inside of you. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. <coughs> the problem... The problem is, no, we don't believe it. We don't believe it. If you don't believe that you are free, you won't be free. You are still going to struggle with sin. Alright? That is why Paul repeats in verse 3, Have you forgotten? We know, he says in verse 6 and 7, because it is by knowing these truths that freedom comes. That we experience the freedom. Romans 6 verse 11, my last portion of scripture. So you also, this is very important. You also should consider yourselves, consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. To be dead to the power of sin. Why? Because it is true. Amen? Because it's true. Therefore, consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not, and this is important, do not let, that, that word let is important. Sorry. Uh, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in, give in to sinful desires. Do not Verse 13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. Instead, give. All those words are things that we do. That is our responsibility. Amen? Um, give yourselves. Give. You need to give. Give yourself completely to God. For you were dead. And he says, this is why we can do this. Because you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right uh, for the glory of God. 
verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. That's a word for us today. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Amen. 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 Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord, so, so much. For the amazing, the amazing, amazing work you did for us on the cross. You, as our representative, came down to earth. You lived in this dust for about 30 years, started your ministry, and after three days, you were, after three years, you were crucified on that cross for us. Taking our sinful nature out of us and giving us your spirit instead. That is so amazing. We were completely helpless, Lord. Completely helpless. We were like people walking around in darkness, not not seeing anything, not having any idea of what we are doing. <clears throat> Lord, you said on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing. We were in darkness, Lord, and you, you gave us light. Amen. You flipped the switch and you gave us light. We didn't deserve it, Lord. We deserved so much, so much worse. But your grace and your mercy gives us abundantly above all that we need, Lord. Thank you so much for eternal life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are free. We are free from sin. We are free from bondage. And it's as simple as believing that, Lord. It's as simple as believing it. No addiction has got any hold on us. No sin. No depression. We are free. Thank you for making us free, Lord. I want to say to you today, if you're struggling with sin, just take your eyes off yourself. Just take your focus off yourself. And focus on the truth that Jesus has made you free. That thing of, I am an addict, that is a lie. That is the devil whispering in your ear. You are not an addict. You are free from every kind of sin you can imagine. Thank you, Jesus. You have made us free and we just need to believe it. That's so awesome. Thank you, Lord. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.